listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Many times when I'm working with one of my coaching clients, one of the things that comes out of that is that we make an agreement on something that the person is going to work on for the next week. And we come back the next week and I'll ask the question, hey, how did that go? And often, more than I would care to to hear about, what they tell me is nothing happened. So my next follow-up is, why? Why didn't that happen? Why didn't you follow through on what you had agreed to do? And inevitably, they give me a reason that's not a reason at all. Because what they tell me is, because I was afraid. Because I got scared. Now, why isn't that a reason? Because we all have fears. Fears are a natural part of being alive. It's what our brain does for us. And the problem is that we uh, are in trouble if we allow our fears to dictate our actions. And that's what they're telling me. Now, absolutely, they believe that fear is what kept them from acting. And what they're missing from that is fear is just a given. It's just the way it is. Your brain is a fearful organism. It's there to keep you alive. And so what your brain is doing, the deepest part of your brain is scanning for danger points, things that should scare you, things that it needs to protect you from, even if they really aren't dangerous after all. You see, your genes that got you to here came from very cautious ancestors that had fears that kept them safe. The ones who had fewer fears became lunch, dinner, or captive. And so your ancestors were able to pass on their slightly more fearful approaches. That means that we have an abundance of fears in our culture, abundance of fears that come forward. And so whenever we're doing something that has any importance, fear pops up. In fact, that's exactly what fear is trying to communicate for you. This is important. Pay attention. That's the fear message. What we do instead is to hear, this is unsafe, stay away. You see, most people use fear as an avoidance indicator. Stay away from that. If there's fear there, we've got to avoid it. But fear is really an importance indicator. Pay attention. Maybe there's something that really is dangerous. Sometimes in life, your fear is telling you that there is something that is, but other times... The fear is just highlighting that this is really important to you. So why does this matter in your process to save your marriage? Because working on saving your marriage brings up fears naturally. I mean, this is a high stakes game. You're trying to save something that is important to you. The relationship is important to you. And ironically, sometimes the very fears that people experience keep them from acting on what's important to them. If their marriage is the most important relationship in their life, it's the one they most want to work forward through, and they have these fears that block them, the fears were just trying to say, hey, this is important, not avoid it. That said, a marriage crisis is automatically a fearful time. And so you have doubly a fearful situation. You have your natural fearful wiring in your brain, and then you have the fearful thoughts that are spinning around about your your marriage, about your relationship, and not only that, but about how you may or may not be able to make progress on your efforts. 
So the question is whether you can decide to not allow fear to choose your behavior because the fears are going to come. And so today I want to highlight for you four different fears that are likely to come to you while you're working to save your marriage. And by the way, these four fears are likely going on in your spouse's head too. And so now we have two people who are trying to deal with their fears. So these fears, these four fears are really about the effort to save a relationship. Not about the relationship itself. We have some natural fears that come up with people in relationships, and I've talked about that in my Save the Marriage system where I talk about the big fears of abandonment and intimacy that each person carries into the relationship. So today we're not talking about those fears. We're talking about the fears that are triggered when we start working to save a relationship or why somebody might not want to work to save their relationship. So let me tell you about those four different fears. The first fear that often comes up is the fear that they won't make progress. They fear that they're going to put in their effort. They fear they're going to you know, learn all this new information, try these new approaches, and it, they just won't make any progress. So that fear is one that we all share where we all don't want to be stuck. So it's really the fear of stuck. You know, what if I start working on this relationship and I can't get anywhere? I can't push it along. I can't get my spouse to join in. I can't get us moving forward. That's the fear that we're talking about, that we won't make any progress on the efforts. And then the efforts are all in vain. They're not all in vain, by the way. Efforts to save something worthwhile are never in vain. It's possible that you won't be successful, but that is not the same as it not being in vain. So here's the trick of this. The first thing is recognizing just that. It's important just to be able to say at the end of the process, you know what, I did everything I could. In fact, that to me is one of the critical bottom level pieces that I want people to be able to take from my program that they know that they gave it everything they could. That's the bottom level. But let's go up one more level. I've had people tell me that because they're afraid that they won't make progress, they don't even start the process. And guess what? There's only one way to figure out whether you'll make progress or not. And you probably already know what that is. To try. I was talking with a person who was uh, a runner, and he told me that in the beginning, he just didn't know if he could run fast enough to make this team. But he realized that if he didn't go out and try, he would never know. And so he started going out and, and training, and he would get a speed a little faster and a little faster and a little faster. And one day he made the team, and he made the team running at a pace he never believed he could. But at the start of that, he had to decide to even try. If he wasn't going to try, he would have already missed the opportunity. Because here's the thing. If you're afraid you won't make progress, I can guarantee you that if you don't try, you will not make any progress. If you don't put in the effort, there's no way you'll save the relationship. So not acting to make progress means that you guarantee that no progress happens. That's when fear gets in our way. The fear is saying, oh, I don't even want to try this because what if I can't make any progress? Instead of saying, okay, that's a fear, but there's only one way to determine whether I can make progress and that's to try to make progress. Number one fear that we talked about, 
that we won't make progress. Number two fear, that it will happen again. Now, this comes from the fact that many people have uh, made many attempts to work on their relationship only to watch it drift right back to where it was. I hear this on a daily basis. You know, we were in trouble a few years ago. We worked on it. I thought things were better. And here we are right back in the same place. Or, you know, uh, my spouse keeps telling me how they're going to change. But, you know, as soon as I give in and work on it, then things go right back to where they were. Or vice versa. I'll have somebody who's working on their marriage where the spouse says, yeah, I've heard this from you before. You said you would change. We're right back where we were. So part of what people fear is that they will get back to the same place. Maybe they'll save their marriage this time, but it'll just happen again, and then they have to go through this all over again. So here's the thing about this fear. It's pointing to short-term relief versus long-term change. Many times, couples do things to have short-term relief. They find some way of putting a Band-Aid, little Novocaine, on top of their problem but they don't solve it. And so part of what happens is that when you just put some Novocaine on it, after a while, the Novocaine wears off and the pain is right back because nothing's been fixed. It's kind of like if you have something impaled in your foot and you keep taking pain relievers to deal with the pain, but the impalement is still there. Nothing has really changed. You're still just covering the pain, not fixing it. When you truly work to save a marriage, when you really get down to the, the bottom, you know, when we get down to the root causes of what's happening in a relationship rather than the symptoms that people work on, then they make real change. It's not repeating the same old patterns. It's not playing whack-a-mole with the symptoms that pop up in relationships. It's actually solving the underlying issues. Because when that happens, while you might fear it'll go back to the same place again, you've made the changes that will keep it from going back to the same way again. So the way we deal with this fear is to make sure that the changes that are happening are real changes, genuine changes, real deep changes, changing of the pattern, changing of how the couple relates to each other, finding a truly new way of being in the relationship. Which brings us to our third fear, which is it will only hurt worse down the road. It'll only hurt worse down the road is when people tell me that, you know, if they work on saving the marriage and they are ultimately unsuccessful, then not only will they have the loss of the relationship, but they'll also feel bad worse from the pain. You know, they will have tried so hard. They will have invested even more of themselves and they'll be in pain. And here's the interesting thing about this. I talked about this uh, in in another training episode uh, in one of my programs that we humans are not very good at future forecasting our feelings. Future forecasting our feelings is trying to figure out how we will feel down the road. So the first thing you need to recognize is we stink at that. The reason we stink at it is because we always use how we're feeling right now to judge how we're going to feel in the future. And when we do that, we miss the fact that our feelings uh, change over time. Think about that. Uh, If you uh, can tell me how you felt on, let's say, uh, three months ago, on the uh, 15th of that month. Tell me how you're feeling that day. Do Do you remember? I mean, you might. It's possible that you'll be the rare exception that you have a diary where you wrote down your feelings that day, but you probably don't remember that far back on how you're feeling that day. 
And if I ask you to tell me how you're going to feel in a week and to make it very clear how you're going to feel, and you wrote that down, you came back to it in a week, you might be in the proximity, but you probably aren't going to be exactly accurate because you don't know what's going to happen to change down the way. So anytime we say, you know what, I'm going to feel really bad if that happens down the road, we don't really know that to be the case. A number of years ago, I was on a plane and I was hearing these two guys in front of me who were obviously sales representatives, both going to the same city to do some sales work. And they started off very jovially. They're talking about what a great day it had been and they're so excited about the trip. And then they started talking to each other about their clients that they were going to go visit. And they began to note how this might be a really hard sales call. And, you know, the other person really probably isn't going to be very helpful and probably it's not going to work anyway. And by the end of their conversation, as I walked them, watched them walk off the plane, both of them were droop shouldered and entirely downtrodden about their trip. And nothing had changed other than the fact that they kept thinking about how bad it was going to be, which is the second piece of thinking of how bad it's going to be, how much more hurt they'll be down the road. You're already pre-planning the pain. Not only are you trying to forecast how you'll feel given something you don't even know what will happen, but you're pre-planning the pain along the way. I also want you to recognize this, that pain is pain. If the relationship doesn't work out, it's going to hurt. But if the relationship doesn't work out and you can say, you know what, I did everything I could. I tried to fix my mistakes. I tried to make things better for us. You probably are not going to feel as much pain because you will have done what you could to kind of relieve yourself of feeling like you should have done something. Many times we get to that place where, you know, something doesn't go well and we keep thinking we should have done something better. We wish we had done something better. And that's even more painful than if we tried something and it didn't work. And that's the problem with this. Whenever somebody says, well, it only hurt worse down the road, what they're missing is it might hurt worse when they don't take action. It will hurt worse if it doesn't work out, but it might be great if things happen to turn around because of the actions taking. The other thing is that that deepest pain is often for us when we realize that there was something over which we had responsibility or over which we had choices and we didn't act. And that's where this, this lie, this fear is fooling us. We don't know how we'll feel, but we also don't know what will happen. The best opportunity is to go into this not worrying about how we'll feel, but focusing on what we can do, how we might be able to change the situation to move it to where we want it to be. The last fear is that you will make a mistake. That's a big fear people have. What if I start this process and, I, and I, I slip up? What if I make a mistake? What if I don't know what I'm doing? What if you know I take the wrong action? I do something I shouldn't have. I say something I shouldn't have. I don't do something I should have done. All of those fears that are about that information. What if I make a mistake? So let me tell you now the answer to that. You will. You'll make a mistake. You'll slip up. You might say the wrong thing, you might do the wrong thing, but you will make a mistake. The reason I know that is because you and I are human. We won't do things perfectly. Everybody makes mistakes along the way, especially in relationships that are twisted and curvy and the path is sometimes very hidden. You will make a mistake. 
The thing is that the mistake doesn't have to end your process. The task is recovery and continuing effort. Your task is to figure out the information you need to have in order to move forward. Yes, you'll make mistakes. The best you can do, though, is to best prepare as you're going into it by learning the best you can, by gathering the information that you trust and believe and making sure you follow that information. Now, sometimes we people make mistakes because we humans have this thing called emotions, and sometimes our emotions get wrapped into this. And so the best we are doing uh, gets snagged when a spouse doesn't react the way we want them to, and we get upset. And so then our emotions get pulled into it. And whenever our emotions get pulled into it, we're likely to make a few mistakes along the way. So you will make mistakes. You can't always make sure that your emotions are 100% in check. And so the way around that is to make sure you're learning the best you can, not worrying that you'll make a mistake, but how you'll recover from that mistake and how you'll keep pushing forward. Now, the last fear is the one that I can help the most with. Those other fears, you have to wrestle with yourself. But the last one is where I can step in. If you're afraid you're going to make a mistake because you don't know what the real problem is, don't know, understand the underlying dynamics, and don't know how to move into the process of saving your marriage, well, I've been doing this work now for about three decades. And for the last two decades, I've been helping people around the world with my system, the Save the Marriage system. That program is designed for you to use, even if you're the only one who wants to work on this, by giving you the guidance of what's wrong in your relationship and how to move it to where it needs to be. My task is not to stop a divorce. My task is to get you beyond the need for a divorce because you've created a relationship that is one that you both would treasure and protect. So if you find yourself with fear number four, please grab my Save the Marriage system. Now, here's the thing of how you can make it most effective. First of all, grab my Save the Marriage system as you go through the process of getting that. Join my uh, VIP virtual coaching program It's a free week that I give you where you can jump in and get some training there and get some other tools for that free week. Even if you decide not to stay, you can stay for that free week and get a lot of resources and and be on a conference call where we do some coaching and training and all kinds of other resources, including a fill-in-the-blank plan to save your marriage, which exactly helps this fear because now you have a plan. And... After you've purchased the system, when you go to your download page, just click the button to claim your free coaching session with one of my coaches, one of my trained coaches. It's a get started coaching session. It's a mini session, but it gives you a chance to make sure that you're really headed into this with your head in the right place and your game plan ready. It's free of charge. We just want to make sure that you're getting started. Uh, and it's, it's really only guaranteed to people in the United States. If you're overseas, we will do our best to accommodate and get you in. But I can only guarantee it to people in the United States. There's so many different problems we have. I do have a couple of uh, coaches that are elsewhere in the world. And so we do our best to facilitate that. But if you're in the U.S., we do promise you that session. We try to get it to you wherever you are. So that's the way to make sure that number four is taken care of. Number one, number two, and number three, that's where you get your head in the game and decide that fear is not going to be what holds you back. If you think that would be helpful, please run over to savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com and grab my Save the Marriage system and get busy with that. This is Lee Balk. I'm wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. 
For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. Thank you.